That's good. Well, there was a good group of us up at family camp, and it's good to be, uh, it's good to be back. And uh, I had a great time. Uh, I went fishing. JJ caught his first fish, and uh, we were out fishing with Jim Quayle. He's the expert, but I've still been able to maintain my streak. I have a really good streak at never catching a fish. So I was talking to John Burgess, my friend, and he said, Jeff, why don't you just go to Apple Hill and just go to one of those little ponds, you know, they stock them full of fish. I was like, John, I've done that. I still haven't caught a fish. <laughs> anyway, so we went up to Alpine Lake, which is like further up the, up the road. And while we were there, it was beautiful, uh, beautiful morning. And these two bald eagles were out there uh, on the tree, and they're flying around and swooping down, uh, down into the water with those big old talons. Now, that's actually not a picture of a bald eagle. That's a, a white-tailed eagle. Um, and that's, those are really common, actually, in Israel. And I want to start this morning by reading you a, a passage right from Isaiah 40. And we're going to start at verse 25. And it ends up talking about eagle's wings. But listen to this. Um, actually, where I want to, st- I'll start out at verse 25. It says, Who will you compare me to? Or who is my equal? Asked the Holy One. Look up and see who created these. He brings out the starry host by number. He calls all of them by name. Because of his great power and strength, not one of them is missing. Jacob, why do you say, and Israel, why do you assert, my way is hidden from the Lord? And my claim is ignored by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Yahweh is the everlasting God, the creator of the whole earth. He never grows faint or weary. There is no limit to his understanding. He gives strength to the weary and strengthens the powerless. Youths may faint and grow weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. So today I know um, if, if you've been in community with, with this community that, that we're a church that has burdens and we're carrying weight and there's things that have us weary and it's more than just one thing and it's more than just one situation I know, I know what's going on in, in many of your lives and there's things that I don't know that some of you are carrying have you ever felt the weight of weariness when was that you know we use the word weary to describe a feeling that goes beyond just tiredness I don't tell my family at night Your father has grown weary, and I will retreat to my bedchambers. You know, it's like, no, it's like, no, I'm tired. Good night. See you in the morning uh, with an I love you. You know, weariness happens over a period of time, a period of days, or where the hours stretch into what feels like days, and the evenings blur into early mornings. 
and the restless nights, they compound one into another. We become weary when we're on a journey, and the destination is still a long way off. It's still out of reach, and we don't know if we have what it takes anymore to get there. When we're weary, all of our endurance and our stick to is is coming to an end. We start to think, I just want to quit. I just want to give up. I just need some rest. We get weary, and we want to stop fighting. We want to quit climbing. We want to end the journey. We want, it, we want out of the battle. It's like we try for a while. We try and we persist, but we just don't have anything left. We're at the end of what we can handle. That's, have you been there? Have you ever felt the weight of a burden? For some of you here, the answer may very well be no. Your life may have had very few dark moments. Perhaps almost all of your life is as it should be. Perhaps you are rather young. So we don't use the word burden when we describe regular, you know, things that we're, we're dealing with, regular events and necessities of my life. Like, I don't say, you know, it's been such a burden. I've been dealing with these teeth for the last 42 years, cleaning them, washing them, brushing them. It's just a burden, you know. It's like, that's a little, a little nuisance, but a burden is formed when reality confronts your expectations and the reality isn't measuring up. It's not meeting the, the ideals, the, the things that you thought. It's like you're starting to feel like if only it could be this way. Burdens, burdens weigh us down and, and, and sometimes you can almost even literally feel the pressure weighing on you, diminishing your stature. Usually it's, sometimes it's like, if only the world was this way and we start to take on ourselves, if only, and we answer, if only, if only I, if only I step in and, and I, I do this, if I could just get over there and I could do this and if, if only I could make it different and the burden gets pretty heavy when we when we start to try to answer it with I right we start carrying our burdens we start carrying their burdens and we can get a very heavy heart not that these things are bad I mean Paul describes carrying our own load and carrying others loads but we need to carry them to the one who says, come to me. And that's what we're talking about this morning. There's trouble in this life. There's trouble in this life, and there are heavy burdens in our future. Another word for it is affliction. But in Matthew eleven twenty eight, and that's where we're going to kind of hover this morning, in eleven twenty eight, he says to us, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And in verse 29, all of you take up 
my yoke and learn from me because I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for yourselves. So today a question that's on my mind and my heart is why don't we answer Jesus' call come to me. And I hope that this morning we can discover and kind of like analyze there's a few sediments I think that kind of creep up into us things that I've been thinking about sometimes we don't go to Jesus because it just feels like he's distant I can't get I need somebody close he's invisible I can't I can't see him and I need something real he feels he feels like I, I go to Jesus sometimes and sometimes I just feel like there's no power there I feel like he's like there's I feel like it's he's dead I need something relevant. I tried to come to Jesus. Everything is still a mess. Sometimes we don't want the promise of rest for our souls. What we want is a promise that sounds like, come to me all who are weary and heavy burden, and I'm going to fix it. And finally, there's, you know, I, I, I don't have time to come to Jesus the way you're describing it. There's so much going on. We're so busy and we are so hurried that we don't take the time to come to the one who says come to me and you will find rest. But this morning I'm hoping that we can sympathize with some of these sentiments. I think you'll find yourself that in your hearts you've, you've been there, you've, you've maybe out loud even said some of these things. But I want to also respond to them, and I hope that this morning that in response to the sentiments that can keep us from coming to Jesus, we would find and discover a compelling reason or maybe an an image or a promise uh, from Scripture that would stir in us a hope. A hope that says, you know what? That is what I really want. And I'm going to come to Jesus. That you would be willing to blaze past these these obstacles and bound over the barriers that are keeping you from coming to Jesus. Because maybe the hope of rest in light of your weary heart and your burdens is enough to draw you closer to the Lord this week. So let's move ahead. All right, so one of the sentiments that keeps us from coming to the one who says, come to me, is that Jesus is invisible. Maybe you felt that way. Have you ever felt that way? Nobody's ever felt, I really wish I could just see him. I'm dealing with something real right now, really important. I need real answers, and I want real change. It doesn't feel real to me to call out into the open air for help from a God that I cannot see. Give me something I can see and touch. I want to look at a couple verses. I hope you brought your Bible. There are some on the screen, but in John chapter 1, verse 9, I, I, I want to explore this, this thought about Jesus being invisible and maybe just challenge you on a couple parts. Verse 9, we have John in his description of Jesus It says, the true light who gives light to everyone was coming into the world. 
He was in the world. And the world was created through this man. Yet the world did not recognize him. He came to his own. His own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, he gave him the right to be children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood or the will of the flesh or the will of man, but of God. The word became flesh and took up residence among us. We observed, observed his glory, the glory as the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And you know what struck me is I'm sitting there saying, God, I just want to see you. And there he was. He came as a man, and he stood in their presence, and they still didn't see him. They still couldn't see him. It was the light of the world who gives light to every man, and they couldn't see him. What am I looking for then? There's another verse, First uh, Corinthians four sixteen, that I'd like to look at with you. And there there are a few verses today, but we're, we're right now we're talking about I want to I want to see it. Give me something that I can see. First Corinthians four, verse sixteen. Second Corinthians. Oh, thanks. You assume that's correct. Oh, now it's going to be a mystery. We'll see who's right. All right, four, four verse sixteen. So let's read that. Therefore, therefore we do not give up, even though our outer person is being destroyed. Our inner person is being renewed day by day. For our momentary light affliction is producing us an absolutely incomparable weight of glory. Now, I'm not the one that just said that your burden is light and that your affliction is momentary, but this was Paul. And let's just pause long enough to be like, is, has, does Paul, is he just being a jerk and insensitive? Or has he known affliction? He's been misunderstood. He's been betrayed. He's been beaten. His life, he's been at the end of his life, flogged, like shipwrecked, falsely accused, in prison. Like he's maybe not experienced your specific burden, but this is a man who knows trials. We don't give up. Our momentary light affliction is producing for us an absolutely incomparable eternal weight of glory. So we don't focus on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. What is unseen is eternal. So in the unseen, in the, in the invisible Christ, we receive what is eternal. That's what he gives us. Another one of the sentiments that keeps us from coming to the one who says, come to me, is that Jesus feels distant. It's like I can't 
it's, it's, it's not touching me. Maybe this is an extension of the first thought, you know, like I can't see him. He feels distant. I can't help but feel like, give me something I can hear. Give me something I can feel. And I just want to remind us that there's this beautiful thing that happened in John, this exchange where Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he's trying to comfort them because they're worried because he keeps talking about leaving. He keeps talking about going away. And they're like, no, we don't want you to go away. That's not the plan I had for you. My plan was for you to be here, be near. I want to see, I want to feel, and I want to touch. And I want to hear your words. He's like, no, this would be a good thing. This would be a good thing for you if I go away. And it's a bunch of verses packed at John 15, the end of John 15 and 16, and I encourage you to read it this week, put it in your notes, because he says, unless I go away, you're not going to receive the Spirit. You're not going to receive the Counselor. And it describes what it's going to be like when the counselor comes. And he says, I'm going to send you the counselor. He's going to be with you. He's going to be, he's going to be in you. He's going to be able to teach you the things that I've said. He's going to take my words and he's going to make them touch you. So that you're going to be able to begin to experience their power in your life. The Spirit's going to take my words and change you. I'm going to put my covenant within your heart, on your mind. They didn't know what that was like. They didn't know even what to expect. But the Holy Spirit was sent by Jesus, proceeding from the Father, so that the Spirit of Christ can be with you, so that he can be near you. I want to read 2 Corinthians 1, 3 to 11. It's a passage that talks about the God of all comfort. It starts in verse 3. It says, Praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. He comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any kind of affliction through the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For as the sufferings of Christ overflow to us, so through Christ our comfort also overflows. And Paul goes on and he starts to talk about the afflictions that he suffered for them. What I like is verse 10 where it says, He's delivered us from such a terrible death, and he will deliver us. We have put our hope in him that he will deliver us again. He will deliver us again. He's the comforter, and through his spirit, the God of all comfort, in all of his tenderness and his mercy, can comfort you in your affliction. We want 
to come to Jesus and have it all removed and all taken away. And so we want sometimes in our heart someone that we can see and touch because we feel like they can give us the answer. They can give us the, the, the remedy. They can give us the, the anecdote. And Jesus is offering himself to you as you walk through the affliction. So we can comfort others with the same comfort that we've received. And that's a beautiful little piece there. That we can comfort others. So in what feels like distance that he's so far away, what we find is that through his spirit, he's actually become more present than you've ever realized. In fact, if he was right there and I could see him, I'd be a little frustrated because he'd be over there talking to Sherry when I want him to talk about my problem. You know what I mean? Or he's on the other side of town and there's like a big crowd, like he's at a Louis Palau, you know, crusade and there's like 100,000 crowded around him and there's Jesus in the middle, you know, Distributing his love and his gifts and his passion. And he's like, what you really need is you need my presence with you through my spirit. And I've got something that you don't even, you've never experienced before. Because let me give you my spirit. And how many of you have felt the presence of the spirit in your life? How many of you have felt the spirit? And when you feel his presence and when you know his comfort, there's nothing that compares to it. There's nothing that compares to his presence and his comfort. So in what feels like distance, he gives us his presence and his comfort. A final sentiment that we can explore today that keeps us from coming to the one who says, come to me, is that while it's this, it's this sentiment that grows in our heart that feels sometimes like He's not changing things. It's almost like I tried that. It didn't work. And I'm, I've got to find something else. Something else that has a little bit more power. Something else that's a little bit more relevant. It's, like sometimes, it's almost like he's, like he's still hanging on the cross. That we see what Jesus has to offer us is essentially dead. I want to talk about the cross. And in John 3, Jesus was talking with Nicodemus. And I want to read that little exchange. Because what's crazy is that through his being on the cross for us, and through his coming and being like a, well, being a man and living the human life, He understands us in really powerful ways. And in the cross and in his suffering and in his, in his pain, we find, we find comfort there. And we recognize when we see what Jesus does in the midst of death and darkness is brings new life and newness. See, I am making all things new. John 3. Let's start at verse 14. Well, let's start at 13. Okay, 14. 
I'll read 13, and then he'll read with me on 14. Now, oh, it says, No one has ascended to heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. So we have Moses, and there's this situation. Everybody was dying, and God told Moses to lift on this cross, this snake in the wilderness. And they looked at it, and whoever looked upon it received healing. So that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. Just as Moses lifted up the snake, so the Son of Man must be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. For God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only Son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God did not send his Son into the world that he might condemn the world but that the world might be saved through him. Anyone who believes in him is not condemned but anyone who does not believe is condemned already because he's not believed in the name of the one and only Son of God. This then is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people love darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who practices wicked things hates the light and avoids it so that his deeds may not be exposed. But anyone who lives by the truth comes to the light so that his works may be shown to be accomplished by God. That's the end of chapter 3. But in Jesus Christ, what we have is we have a man who was, who was hung on the cross, thorns thrust into his head, he was beaten, he was scourged. And Isaiah 53 comes along and it describes all of this was because of our iniquity and our transgression. And he was willing to bear that shame and that weight for us. But the crazy thing it talks about is then it says, by his wounds we are healed. There is a healing. There's a healing, I want to say balm. You know what that is? I don't really know what it is. What is a balm? It's like an, an ointment. Okay, that's... And he's, he's the source of healing when we look to his wounds. I'm trying to think about how, how, how is it that we find healing there. Hebrews 4, verse 14, this is the last big passage I'm going to jump to. It says, therefore, since we have such a high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tested in every way as we are yet without sin. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us at the proper time. I just want to say that he knows what you're going through. He knows what it's like to live this life, the heartache, and the pain, and the betrayal, and sorrow, and loss. He sees it. And when he looks out on you, and as he looked out on the crowds, you know what he did? 
He weeps. He wept with us. His heart is broken. It's broken for you. It's broken for what we're enduring. And he says, come to me. Come. I know you can't see me. I know you want to feel me. I know it seems like I'm not here. I know you think I don't understand. But what I have for you is something real. Something that has the power to change. I have newness for you. Because it was through his death on the cross and his subsequent resurrection from the dead that Jesus had victory over death. Death, where is your sting? Where is your sting? You know what I mean? And, and from the death, just like the grain of kernel that dies and falls into the ground, you know what I mean? From that death, from that is life and newness. And what he has for us is newness. And, and that's what coming to Jesus has done for me. In all of the burden and all of the pain and all the anger and all the mixed emotions, when I came to Jesus... And I started to listen to him. When I started to take his yoke and learn from him, he had answers that went right to my soul. That gave me a hope that I'm clinging to today. And he gave me hope for newness for new ways. And there is sorrow in, in loss. And there's pain. But the new day and the new ways that he has for us, if we would live with him and in him, coming to him moment by moment, there's a, there's a power there and a peace there that you long for in your hearts and that you've experienced before. So whatever the obstacles are today, my encouragement is that you would come to the Lord. Because what feels like death, he gives us real healing and real hope for new life. So come to him. I have a couple of practical suggestions. Um, prayer. Prayer is, is the, the biggest thing, is, is we need to be going to the Lord in prayer. And you need to start a prayer list. You need to know what you're praying for and who you're praying for. So that you're making sure that you're, you're, you're carrying the, the burdens for your, your friends and your family and your loved ones and your neighbors. You need to keep track of who, who it is that God has placed in your life that you need to be lifting up in prayer. And then you need to be able to look back how God moves and is answering. I have something called the manual journaling, and a friend of mine gave it to me recently. And, and this is, I mean, if anybody wants this, I've made some copies for you. But my question is, what is Jesus saying to you? What is Jesus saying to you in this? He said, come to me. He said, put my, my yoke upon you and learn from me, and I will give you rest for your souls. And there's a lot of things 
There's a lot of voices, and there's, our, our minds are scattered. And our, from the moment you wake up, when you're like, oh, I can't believe this, and I don't, oh, and then you hear another thing in the news, and then you, you're, something else is going on over here, and like, there, it's just chaos. If you're paying attention, and sometimes you need help to just kind of bring yourself into a place where you're aware of His presence the things that he's given to us. And so this is called the Emmanuel Journey, and it's where you kind of write out your prayer, and you write in, basically, it, it, it prompts you, but it's like, what is Jesus saying to you during this time? And it really was powerful to me, and I would encourage you to do it. And you can take, well, here, there they are. <clears throat> but in your approach to, in, in prayer, I just want you to encourage you with this, like asking, the beginning of your prayer, like asking God just to help you take all your scattered senses and all, all the different directions your mind has already gone, by the time you woke up and the time you finally sat yourself down with your coffee and whatever you need, you know what I mean? Help me just to come back and bring all this together just to be aware for a few minutes that of, of your presence in this moment. And Give time for the Lord to speak to you. You're going to need to read the Word. You should have your copy and your Bible. Well, there's also things like prayer guides, devotional guides that can help you in your time of coming to Jesus. And uh, I found a new one recently. It's an app called Lectio 365. And you, you, uh, it's just a guided prayer, a guided devotional before you go about your day or as you're falling asleep at night because sometimes you're like I don't I don't know where I don't know where the answer's at in here you know what I, I don't I'm not getting my mind's going too many directions I would encourage you to consider this at Sunday Sunday mornings at nine o'clock we're gonna we're gonna have a series of classes we have a whole slew of classes coming online uh, for the nine o'clock hour starting in September Classes on, like, the Holy Spirit. Class on spiritual gifts. We're going to do one on the tabernacle. We're going to talk about the, the habits that are going to help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus. They're all kind of part of a track, but they're individual classes within it. And you're going to hear more about it. Sundays at 9 o'clock is, what, like an hour, hour earlier than you got here today. You know what I mean? An hour and a half. So, like, consider that. Consider investing into your spiritual walk to, to help you, give you the tools. Really, the, the vision for that whole, that whole track for, is, is for you to feel like you have uh, the, what you need to dive deep with Jesus. So... I want to encourage you to be in small groups. We need to be in small groups. We need to be growing. We need to have individual accountability with one another. We need to be setting up people who we can talk to about our struggles, areas where we need grace, areas where we need mercy, areas where we need somebody to call us out into the light. Guys, we need new ways new ways
I want to talk about what do we do when someone comes to us? And it's just kind of like going back through these steps. When somebody comes to us, we have this opportunity to take them to Jesus. You get to move with them towards Jesus. And we don't have to have the answer, right? We don't have to have the right thing to say. It's not, I'll pray for you later. I'm going to be praying for you. It's like, let's pray right now. Let's pray right now. I know you don't know what to pray for, but step back for a second. What could be better than two or three people gathered in the name of Jesus asking for relief, for respite, for renewal, without the right words to say, without all the answers, calling on God to be the healer and the helper, to ask him to be the one who restores hope in the light of loss. So we can take them to the cross where it looked like he's dead but because we know that there's real power there. We can take him to the one, the Holy Spirit who's present. We can take them to the presence of God even though it feels and looks like he's distant. We can take him to Jesus who's invisible knowing that you can help them see beyond the present and into eternity so I want to just end with this Isaiah 40 is a beautiful passage that we, it was you know the, the eagle's wings soaring on eagle's wings and back at verse 25 it said who will you compare me to or who is my equal Look up and see who created these. He brings out the starry host by number. He calls all of them by name. Because of his great power and strength, not one of them is missing. When we run to someone else, and when we run to something else, are we not answering this question? Who will you compare me to? Who's my equal? And we find ourselves, I'm running over here. You should see all the books I got off of Amazon. They're going to help. You know, or we're running to somebody else. Jesus says, come to me. I'm backing out. I'm stepping out. I'm stepping over here for now. Jesus says, come to me. I'm packing up and I'm, I'm moving on. And Jesus says, come to me. I'm lashing out and I'm fighting back. And Jesus says, come to me. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Because when we get into these moments, it almost doesn't matter which way I go. I just want to go some direction. Come to me and find rest for your soul. Why do you say, my way is hidden from the Lord and claim, my claim is ignored by God? Don't you know? Have you not heard? Yahweh is the everlasting God, the creator of the whole earth, and he never grows faint or weary. There's no limit to his understanding. And he gives strength to the weary and strengthens the powerless. Youths may grow faint and grow weary, and young men stumble and fall, but those who trust 
in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. So insert your name here. Insert your name here. Why do you say my way is hidden from the Lord? He's asking you to come. Well, this is the, the, the close of our time, and I just want to help us get ready for what's next this morning. We are moving into a time of communion and drawing close to the Lord in, in, in His communion. Very much so, this is a time to come to Jesus. I just want to say that as you come to Jesus... He's the only one. He says, right, right before those words come to me, he says, I and the Father are one. I'm the only one that can show you the Father. If you want the Father, it's basically look to me, and I only reveal him to who I want to reveal him to. And that's a beautiful thing because here we, we're wanting God. We're wanting his power and his change and his authority to, to fix and to uh, move us forward and to give us clarity, to give us hope again and to help us grieve the, the sorrow and loss. And we, go, we have to go to Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So I want to encourage you this morning, don't come to the Lord lightly. Don't come to the Lord lightly. He is gentle and humble. But remember what he's done for you on the cross and his cleansing and his the purity that he offers you and the blood that he sacrificed for you to be able to come. I'll pray for you now and then we'll go into a time. And there will be people who can pray for you at the back table. I want to really encourage you, if you need to come to Jesus this morning, you can come here, you can sit, you can kneel at your chair, you can go to the back table as you do communion. But we're a community that together is moving towards Jesus. And we're hoping that there we can hear his voice and that we can become a, a church body that is living by faith, believing that he exists, believing that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Come to him this morning and find paths this week that will lead you to Jesus. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of your son Jesus and we just say thank you that you would be so humble and meek as to come and to live life as one of us to do it without sinning to suffer in that to grow in your stature and as we do and God I, it's just amazing Lord we need your comfort we need your presence we need your hope and we need your power. So we come to you, Lord, because you 
are strong. You are the everlasting God. In your name we pray. Amen.